Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. We have been on this adventure series where we have lit the candles of hope and the candles of peace, and today we get to do joy. Wow. Nailed it, Shepard. Love it. We can light this candle and remember that these are the things that remind us that, okay, God is still still doing these things. No matter how many years it gets away from that original moment, that first Christmas that didn't have any hoopla because nobody knew it was coming. So it happened, but yet we get to as the story continues, still remember that Christ came and is still to come. So it is a beautiful anticipation story. Now, I don't know if any of you, or are you watching online? I always forget online. <laughs> okay, great. I'll remember. There's just so many beautiful faces right here, real living, breathing bodies, but I know there's people on the other side of that screen that are living and breathing too, and they have a heart, and they have a soul, and Jesus' presence is there with you, so I want you to be here, and all of you, we're here together. So have you been on an adventure before? Anyone? Yes, you've like, okay, I'm going to go backpacking in the mountains with, with some friends. I know girls who do that, you know, it's like go on these, these crazy adventures or maybe like, like my family and I this year, we actually adventured down the West Coast and we drove down and, you know, through, drove through the tree twice. You got to pay for it. Did you know that? Yeah, so we paid for two trees, but our van just fit. My husband was like celebrating. He's like, yeah, and there was this guy who was directing us from another vehicle, and it was like we made his trip because he was just like, yeah. And we made it, and he was like, yes. It was a great moment. You had to be there. But anyway, adventure. When you go on an adventure, you have to plan and you have to prepare. There's often a lot of things that you have to get ready. I had lots of snack bags and things that, oh, years ago, this amazing woman, she told me she would wrap presents for her kids when they drove down to the States. So there was presents as we go. There's presents all under my seat, and they would get presents as we travel. And it's just so fun, probably more fun for me, but I just love, it's just like, this adventure, and we have to be ready for it. But there's also those times where you're all planned and prepared, and bam, you hit a roadblock. Yes? The passports are expired. We don't have the documentation we need to get on this plane or go on this trip. Or maybe it's a literal roadblock. It's like the highway's closed. Hmm. Can't go. Or your kid gets sick, or you get sick, or that C word from years and years ago that kind of took over the world, and it shut down some of your plans. And your adventure that you were hoping to go on was now kaputz. Yeah, it wasn't happening. And maybe even a simple adventure, you said even today, maybe you knew it was Joy Sunday and you were going to show up with so much joy in your heart. You were going to adventure towards Christmas with all this joy. And then 
the kids were screaming at each other. There was a wardrobe malfunction or flat tire or it was just so freaking cold outside that you were like, I can't be joyful. <laughs> Your plans did not go as you had hoped. And the truth is, is without Jesus, there is no way we can muster up this, this joy that we're supposed to be living and dwelling in. It is only with Christ. So before I jump into scripture, I just want to pray over us because I feel like hope, peace, joy, love, you see the words everywhere right now. You're singing them in songs and they can become so familiar that we almost tune them out. But I want you to hear a fresh word from Jesus today because he is this never-ending mystery that is to be uncovered and discovered on our greatest adventure of knowing Christ. So I just love to pray over you. Jesus, I just thank you, first and foremost, that as we gather in this room and those who are, are joining us right now online, God, I just pray that your presence would be felt and experienced. You are God with us. You are Emmanuel, and we know that that means that you are close. Even when we don't feel it, God, we can trust and know that you are true and what you say is true, so therefore you are here. And I just pray that you would open our hearts to be able to receive from you the word that you have for us today. Encourage our hearts, ready us for a season like no other. In your name, amen. Amen. Jesus is the real deal adventure. Psalm 16 verse 11 in the King James Version says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In him is the presence of joy pleasures forevermore. When I was a kid, I remember being at my grandparents' farm and my brother and I were the only grandkids for like 10 years and there's nine adults and they all make money. And so guess what? We got presents. Oh my goodness. My grandma would give me the Sears wish book. Anyone know what a Sears wish book is? Oh! When you get that in your lap and the red pen, ho, 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 ha, flip. And my grandma, because she was such a dedicated Sears person, I could count on at least a couple of the things I circled would be under the tree. It was so great. I anticipated greatly what was in that present and what it would probably be exactly what I wanted. Well, Jesus, this is a present from Jesus. Do you guys think that's corny? Well, it's great. It's a present from Jesus. I teach preschool. That's what I do on my other Sundays. This is a present from Jesus. And what Jesus wants to give you is exactly, maybe sometimes not what you want, but what you need. And in this present from Jesus, and I'm hoping this works just, yes. Oh, almost. Yes. <gasps> yes, fullness of joy. And that's what we're going to remember over and over is that in his present presence is fullness of joy. So when things don't go as planned in this adventure towards Christmas or this adventure of knowing Jesus, we can know that when we are in him, there is a fullness of joy. 
I love Matthew 5. There's, this is pieces of the Sermon on the Mount. So this is a, a message that Jesus preached while he was on this planet. And he says this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven." This word blessed here means happy or delight. Like, this is wonderful. I'm being persecuted. Great. People are insulting me and falsely saying all kinds of things about me. Wonderful. I rejoice. That doesn't sound quite like my North American happiness. I am happy when I get what I circled in the wish book. When things go like I planned, I'm happy when my, my boss notices how hard I've been working. I'm happy when I get the raise. I'm happy when I have what I need and also what I want. I'm happy when I'm healthy or my family's healthy. I'm happy when the renovation is done. Oh, yes. I am happy when I get good grades. I'm happy when he finally asks me out. I'm happy when the house is clean. I'm happy when the kids go to bed when I've told them to. I'm happy when I'm on vacation. I'm happy when people notice how hard I've been working and applaud me. I'm happy when. So we have this conditional kind of like, I will be happy, I will, I will show you that I'm happy or be joyful when circumstances, when the outside stuff is all in a row. When things are going as planned and I have what I want. And yet, when you listen to the words of Jesus, it sounds a little bit like, his way of thinking, the kingdom way of experiencing uh, a blessing is not quite what we have figured out here in North America. And just a disclaimer, none of those things are bad. Re celebrating relationships and attitudes and things being done on time and vacation and all those things, they're, they're great. And God actually made us to be able to enjoy those things and work those things out. And that's beautiful. But when you get to know the Savior, Jesus Christ, you get to know that there is, there is a joy that you can experience that actually somehow simultaneously works alongside even sorrow. It is wild how Jesus has made it that way. And like Pastor Mike already shared in, in offering, it's like we have these, these things that bring us joy for the moment. You know, that holiday Barbie, she was great. And that, my stuffed element, elephants, I had a mom and a baby, I slept with them forever, but I don't sleep with them anymore. You know? I got a big stuffed animal. <laughs> that was for you, Jerry's in the back. Anyway, um, I'm married. I have children. I didn't say that. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, though, there's certain things that bring you joy 
and then it fades. It doesn't actually last because we're not meant to just live on the hits. We're meant to actually live on this deep-rooted relationship with Jesus Christ, a risen Savior. And in his presence is where we find the fullness of joy. And I have three C's for you because that's great, isn't it? Three C's, and you can write this down. Complete joy, consistent joy, and constant joy. Oh, yes, complete joy. When we look at the scriptures, and I know there's more. This is not an exhaustive list, but four things that we can see in the words of the Bible about finding complete joy. John 15, 10 to 11 says, If you keep my commandments... You will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So this is Jesus telling us. He's giving us two clues. Okay, so first thing, obey my commands. And and you can have, there's a complete joy that comes with walking in obedience to what the Father has laid out for us. And if you have a hard time keeping track of all the commands in the Bible, Jesus made it real simple. He just summed it right up. It's just like, love yourself, love God, love people, right? And those three things will keep you busy for your whole entire life. If you can just work on those three things, that's it. That's all you need to do. That's the exhaustive list right there. And number two in that verse was remain in God. Remain in him. There's a great story in the Bible about these sisters, Mary and Martha, and and Martha, which some of you probably can relate to in this season, she's busy getting things ready. She's hosting, she's thinking about people coming and getting stuff ready, and that isn't bad. It says in the Bible, practice hospitality. This is a good thing, but in that moment, she just missed what was happening right beside her. She missed the presence of Jesus and the opportunity to sit at his feet. So Jesus says to Martha, who's very distracted and is upset with her sister Mary, because Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus in the midst of this chaos, and Jesus says to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her enjoying the presence of Jesus. And do you know what that did for Mary? It prepared her for the next thing to come. There is something about getting real and getting into the presence of Jesus and in his fullness of joy that actually prepares us for what's to come. And the beauty of the present of Jesus is that he's omnipresent. It's the best kind of present. It means he's everywhere all the time. That it says in the Psalms, you know, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're there. He is everywhere. So we don't have have that excuse of, oh, well, you know, he's only here at church, or he's only at my parents' house, or he's only you know, in my bedroom, or there is no containing an omnipresent God. And that's why Jesus came and died and rose again. He left the Holy Spirit to be able to be with us everywhere all the time. 
Okay, so those are the first two of, be, of complete joy. There's two more. John 16, 24, truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. So this is Jesus saying, come talk to me. We pray, we commune with God. Like I said, he's everywhere. He wants to have relationship with you and have conversation with you. Sometimes it's listening, silence, and just hearing from him. And sometimes it's, it's presenting those requests, the things on your heart. He's, he's never too busy or, and never too, too distracted to be able to hear the heart of his kids and to hear from you. 1 John 1, 1 to 4, this is the last complete joy. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Complete joy, it needs people. We are meant to have complete joy, but it, it actually walks us alongside others because we're meant to actually share this message that we have, this, this hope that we have, that there's this, this joy-filled existence because of Christ, and we're meant to share that message with others to experience complete joy. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Well, you need someone to give to. Just like I was saying, you know, you anticipate giving your kids or your niece or your grandkids their presents. It's like there has to be a person on the receiving end. We need connection with others. That is where we find complete joy. We remain in God, obey his commands, we pray, and we share this message with others. Number two, consistent joy. So having joy no matter what the circumstances, no matter how thwarted the adventure was, we are going on ahead because we can have joy. John 16, 20 says, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. This is Jesus saying, I'm gonna die and you're gonna have such great grief and sorrow. But guess what? It's gonna turn to joy because I will be alive again. The greatest joy is now we have a resurrected savior. So we have a new life. We actually can live in this type of hope-filled joy because we know the end of the story. We know that there is something yet to come. We can live in this now and not yet, which is so challenging, but yet we can be filled with joy because of what is yet to come. Just like Hebrews 12, 2 that says, talking about Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. What? It's like for the joy? It's because he knew the end of the story. I don't know if any of you, or I'm sure you've seen these stories, there's these documentaries of people who do insane stuff, like go up these mountains, you know, there's no oxygen, they're like losing appendages, and they're frostbite, and they're starving, and they don't die, and they come down, they're like, 
oh, that was the best thing ever. It was so exhilarating, and they can't wait to do it again, their next adventure. It's like crazy people. But then when you think, uh, even the story of Jesus, it's like he knew he was going to reach the top of the mountain. Like he, he knew that it was so that, not that it was easy, but it's, again, this sorrow that exists with joy simultaneously, knowing that there is the best yet to come. I love, this is a quote from a book by John Piper. It's called Desiring God. It says, I think there was joy in Gethsemane as Jesus was led away. Not fun, not sensual pleasure, not laughter. In fact, not anything that this world can offer. But there was a good feeling deep in Jesus' heart that his action was actually pleasing to his father. That the reward to come would outweigh the pain. This profoundly good feeling is joy that enabled Jesus to do what he did. Jesus pursued the greatest imaginable joy, namely the joy of being exalted to God's right hand. He gave up the fleeting pleasure for the greatest reason humans exist, to bring God glory, and that's what he chose to have joy in all circumstances. So we can actually say like James 1, 2, it's like consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because of Jesus in us. This sorrow and joy, this sadness or disappointment that we experience can still have this, this fullness of joy within us. In the midst of a very severe trial, this is 2 Corinthians 8.2, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. This is speaking of God's people. They're in a very severe trial, extreme poverty, more desperate than most of us in this room have ever experienced, or online, um, but being able to still have an overflowing joy. How is that possible? Only with an impossible God. I mean, even when you read the stories of Paul who wrote most of the New Testament or a lot of the New Testament, he, had, he was shipwrecked and beaten and flogged and mistreated and imprisoned and yet overflowing with joy. Like, it just doesn't make sense. When you live in such a way that you are living in a different kingdom reality, what, the way you live doesn't always make sense. And that's the power of, there's, there's a story I wanted to share with you. This is from years ago. But it's a story of a, of a pastor of an underground church in China. His name is Pastor Chen. And Pastor Chen got um, taken to prison and he was very mistreated. Because not only did the guards hate him, but the inmates did as well. And he was crammed in this tiny cell and, and just was constantly being mistreated and abused. And, and for Pastor Chen, the hardest thing for him was he didn't have any space. He didn't have anywhere. He just had such a hard time experiencing the peace and the presence of God because of his situation. And he battled with it for for years and for 12 years this was his reality at the 12 year mark one of the guards came and got him from his cell and and led him down to the basement of the prison and um uh and this was again after 12 years of imprisonment and at the basement of this prison was the cesspool 
This was where the sewage was kept, and it serviced about 60,000 inmates. And Pastor Chen was told to walk waist deep in this cesspool to keep the circulation going for, so that things would continue running. I practiced this story so many times so I wouldn't cry, but it's so powerful. Anyways, he walks waist deep in this sewage and, and he almost fainted because the smell was so bad and he was trying to keep himself basically from dying because the odor itself was, was, in, was toxic. And um, as, he was, as he began walking, he was hit with this realization, you know, maybe this is the answer to my prayer in disguise. I'm finally alone. And as he walked, he raised his hands and he began singing this song. And my mom used to sing it for funerals all the time. And it was, um, and he started saying the words, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear is one, or, uh, the voice of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And the presence of God filled that place. The glory of the Lord filled that room and he couldn't smell the odor anymore. All he could smell was the smell of roses. And Pastor Chen got to the point where when he was taken back to his cell after he did this all day long, he couldn't wait to get back into that cesspool because he knew he would have this open opportunity to commune with the presence of God. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. And he continued doing that for six more years until he was finally let out. And he, he rushed back to his church of a hundred, um, the underground church. And he was like, I don't even know if anybody's going to be left. You know, it's been 18 years and I was a pastor. I'm sure people have dispersed everywhere. And when he returned, the congregants were so excited. And they said, Pastor Chen, you wouldn't believe it. Six years ago, the Holy Spirit was poured out on this church and now this church that was 100 was 5,000 spread out. And it was just like only God can do when we lean into his presence. You know, there's something about the presence of God and dwelling in his presence that has power. It's not just a, woo, it's powerful what he can do. And so we can have joy no matter what the circumstance uh, my circumstances aren't near what Pastor Chen's were. And he had fullness of joy and a constant joy. Psalm 22 verse 26 says, The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. Their hearts will rejoice with an everlasting joy. A joy that does not end. Isaiah 51 says, Those the Lord has, res have rescu has rescued will return 
They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. When we experience the sorrow here and now, we can rest in the promise that the sorrow and the sighing will be gone. There will be an everlasting joy because this joy that we experience with Christ now is actually just a taste of the eternal joy that we will live in all the time. No more sadness, no more sorrow, no more disappointment. But while we are here and now, we need to get into his presence because that is where fullness of joy is. You know, if you, I don't know, I hope you haven't encountered a bear, but if you do, you're probably just gonna naturally just scream and run. It's a response, it's an emotion. It's like, I gotta get out of here, I'm terrified. In the opposite, in the good way, when we get into the presence of God, there is fruit of the Spirit. When you are communing with the Spirit of God, it is just a response that there is joy. So that means you have to get into His presence to have this kind of joy that can get you through some of those struggles that you see here and now. And Pastor Mike alluded to it, but that is why we do not fix our eyes on what is seen. But we, we have to fix on what is unseen for what is seen. is the delight of our souls. You know, the Christmas story about when, when, when Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist, when she got into the presence of the Savior who was inside the womb of Mary, what did that baby do? He leapt. That's what happens when we get into his presence. There's just a reaction of joy because being in his presence it is fullness of joy, and we can have that today. Please stand with me, and, and I'm just going to pray quickly over you, and then we're going to pray a prayer together. But I, I desire for even in this season, for you to experience a complete joy and a, and a consistent joy and a constant joy that's going to see you through into the years ahead of adventuring towards Jesus. God, we just, again, we acknowledge your presence, how great you are, how good you are, that you would make a way for us to sit in your presence day after day, moment by moment, God, we can be in your presence. And we just thank you for your presence that is here and now, that can fill us afresh with a joy that overwhelms the soul, no matter what is going on around us, no matter the distractions in our mind, God, we can receive your joy. Thank you for how you are the greatest giver. With the greatest gifts, we just welcome you again and thank you again. Now with your eyes still closed, we're just gonna say a prayer together and you can repeat after me. And it's just a, a prayer of, of inviting that joy giver to be the Lord of your life, that you can actually sit in his presence day after day and enjoy him forevermore with pleasures forevermore. Just repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here, that you came, you came for me, 
came to forgive me. You came to set us free. Thank you for the greatest gift. Today I choose to follow you, to make you the Lord of my life. I need you. I surrender my life to you. And I trust that your purpose and your plan is the very best for me. That you can turn my mourning into dancing. You can give me fullness of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.